Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Billy Duncan had it. They turned it over. Alley oop back to Kevin. Oh, baby! Woo! Hey, D! You can see it coming, and the building is electric off that slam dunk. Hello and welcome to the Believe in Timberwolves podcast, part of the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brendan Hedke. Today's episode is the second episode, and sitting virtually across from me is Kyle Tige, editor-in-chief of Canis Hoopus, and he is here to break down actually a redraft of the 2020 NBA draft. I thought it'd be really interesting um, to go through that rather than just sitting and talking about who's going to win Rookie of the Year. I want to break down who we think should uh Go first, second, third, et cetera, in a redraft. So, Kyle, how's it going, man? It's going well, dude. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's fun to have you on now on the new platform, the new podcast. You've obviously frequented, um, you know, while it was still the Wolf Among Wolves podcast. First time on the Believe in Timberwolves podcast. So I'm excited to have you on. And uh, I think I want to start out, jump right into it. You want to go 14 to one or one to 14? You want to do it draft style? Let's go one to 14. And let's also preface this. um, Not that we have to, but uh, this was hard. Yeah. Um, I haven't. Insanely uh, difficult. I'm I'm a little older than Brendan. So I, uh, despite going to graduate school, I haven't had to do homework in a while. So this kept me up last night. Um, And as we'll get into, it's difficult because half of these guys got hurt. (laughs) So you don't even know what to think. So, um, this is a fun exercise that we're going to make this enjoyable to listen to, but uh, there's definitely going to be some guys that when we replay this a year from now, we whiffed on just like GMs whiffed last summer. So oh, 100%. And that's, I think that's an important thing to kind of highlight too. When you think about it, these moves, we are coming in uh, five months post draft, six months yep. post draft, you know, they're, these guys are not finished products. And I, I tried to factor that in too, but you just never know who, where somebody's going to end up. Um, a couple of things to go over quick before we do get started. Uh, we're basing this on um, just overall best player, regardless of fit of team. We're not yep. worried about, yep. you know, since the Timberwolves have Carl Anthony Towns, they can't take James Wiseman one. I didn't do yep. that. Don't worry. I'm not crazy. But just as an example, that's how we set this all up. And we're both going to give our guys for each pick. So starting out, the pick that belonged to Minnesota, again, disregard the team, but this was Minnesota's pick, number one overall. Kyle, I want you to go first with number one. So again, a little more preface. We haven't talked about this at all. At all. We haven't shared I have no our idea things. what your list looks I'm like. Looking at, I'm looking at my Word doc here. but um. Oh, I have a spreadsheet. A, you have a Word doc? I, I, just, I just pulled it up in Word. Yeah, I just pulled it up in Word. Uh, no, so to start it off, Obviously, you and I are, I think, the two most optimistic Wolves fans in the world. Um, and oh, we, see sure. things kind of, we see things the same. Um, and we're huge Anthony Edwards fans. With that all said, I'm, I, I don't want to be a homer. I still have liked what I've seen from LaMelo Ball more. I do think in this very short 40-some games he played, he might bring just a little more specialness as a word. Then what Ant can, I am a huge Ant guy. I think Ant could be a superstar. Um, 
but I'm a Rubio guy, like from my childhood. And I just like that flair. I mean, right. and it's more of a bully, right? Like physicality where LaMelo has a little more of that Rubio passing. I'm a passer. Like when I play pickup, I play, I pass all the time. I don't shoot much. So yeah, number one overall, I'm taking LaMelo because I just think that his ceiling is, you know, 0.1% higher, but I do think he's a little more special than maybe what Edwards could be, even though Edwards has shown these last month and a half that he's a dude, but LaMelo's my number one. All right. If you would ask me, all-star break, who I would take to be the number one pick in the draft and a redraft, which is when kind of when we planned on, on doing this originally, and it, it kind of got pushed back with the trade deadline, coming into a new podcast, whatever. I would have said LaMelo Ball. Yep. When I sat down to do this the last two nights, really looked into it, and it, and don't get me wrong, could be my bias coming in. I went with Anthony Edwards, number one. Yeah. And pre-draft, I had LaMelo Ball, number one. So I could have went with the bias there and been like, I was right then, I feel right now. And I don't, I, like I said, Ball, I teetered back and forth. You know when they say 10 times out of 10, I'm taking LaMelo mm-hmm. Ball. Mm-hmm. Okay, if, stretch it out. 100 times. I would say 51 times I'm taking Anthony Edwards. 49 yep. times I'm taking ball. It's like that close. The reason I think I would take Anthony Edwards is when wings win in this league. You see it all the time. Yep. Who's the, who's the last point guard to really win without you know a stud wing? Steph Curry. LaMelo Ball is not touching Steph Curry. Even at probably his peak, I don't think he's going to be Steph Curry. Steph Curry won championships with Klay Thompson. He's not a, Clay's not a superstar wing. Draymond is not a superstar scoring takeover wing. You have LeBron. You have Kawhi. You have Kevin Durant. Those types of players are the ones that win championships in the modern NBA. Anthony and- Edwards obviously isn't going to be those guys either. He's not going to be those guys either. But the scoring potential I see from him, scoring wings are so much more valuable. Where I think Anthony Edwards could potentially be better than Carl Anthony Towns and be the best player on his team. LaMelo Ball might be the best player on his team, but I don't know if he could be the best player on a team that's really looking to win a championship. I could be wrong. I I totally could be wrong, but I think he just heightens who's around him. You've seen it with Bridges. Bridges has looked phenomenal this year. But I, I just... By the slimmest of margins, I, I'm going with Anthony Edwards here, and I and, and totally, totally tough decision. And when you say when do uh, like who's the last point guard that's really won or you know been the the focal point of his team? Steph was a great call. Um, but I think if I was listening to this, I would have also added Luca. Right? I mean, Luca's kind of more of in that mold of a Lamelo, kind of can do everything. Right. Um, but in Luca's teams haven't had. you know, enormous success so far. I think Luke is only like 21. I think he might be your age, which is makes me feel like a grandpa, but, uh, but no, I'm with you. I think, um, there's a weird mixture too, right? Because you and I had texted about this, this idea, like what, three weeks ago, probably longer than that. Three weeks ago. We're not, I don't think you even had the ammo to say ant one. Like you just didn't. Hell no. Um, and the Lamello stuff, it's like the counter would be, we've seen ant now over what 62 games get better and better. Whereas LaMelo with I mean 20 he, less games is a huge deal. Like what if LaMelo just fell off and his shot fell off? Um, but I just went back to when he got injured with that wrist thing, which by the way, a wrist injury doesn't make, I don't care about that. Like Wiseman's knee. 
more concerning wrist, whatever. Um, Lamella was just doing special things. So Lamella was one for me. Ant was one for you. Um, and then I think if we just pivot on the same topic, number two for me was Ant. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, and mine was two. ball. And I don't think there's yep. much to say else. And I, we kind of knew that I didn't know who you'd come in with. I thought maybe you would come in with Ant cause you and I just very optimistic <laughs> about our team. It's hard to pick to root against and pick against them. Um, I want to push back on something you said a couple minutes ago. You brought up Luca, and Luca is, I would probably classify Luca as the point guard. He initiates the offense uh, time and time again for Dallas. But when you think of play style, kind of, uh, Luca, Luca averages 28 points per game. He's still a scoring yeah, yeah, yeah. wing guard player. Anthony Edwards is a scoring wing guard type of player. Um, Luca is kind of like a, a weird, he's like the best of Ant and the best of LaMelo kind of all encapsulated into one. He's got Melo's passing and rebounding. He's got Ant's scoring ability and more. He has more. He has, mm-hmm. he doesn't have Ant's athleticism, but he has, you know, the ability to draw fouls, um, you know, move defenders with his eyes and just manipulate defenses. Um, but I'd say he's still in that scoring mold of, you know, take over a game, win down the stretch. And that's another point I wanted to, and wanted to make on Ant that I forgot and just came back to me. I've seen Ant take over a lot of fourth quarters. Yep. I don't watch every Hornets game, and maybe I'm missing out, but I can't really count on LaMelo to take over a quarter scoring load. Distributing's great. All that stuff matters. But if your teammate doesn't hit the shot, your pass does not count for anything. Mm-hmm. Ant doesn't need to pass the ball to anyone when he gets in a groove. Lamelo's grooves look more like, you know, distributing, playmaking, mm-hmm. finding guys that are open, which is something that good players do, good teams do. And I'm not knocking on him for that. But teams love, NBA teams love the upside. That's why James Wiseman went third, or second, excuse me, second. It's And that's why I think, I personally think Ant has a higher ceiling, just because we've seen him the last three games, he's, Got nine rebounds, three straight games mm-hmm. against Utah, Utah, two really good teams, and then against Houston. Regardless, Andrew Wiggins has never gotten nine rebounds in three straight games, not once in his entire career. Is that is that? Did you look that up? I looked it up. <laughs> That's I awesome. looked it up. I love that. He's gotten he's I... gotten eight in three in three straight games. That's once fantastic. Or twice. I'm proud of you. But he he's never he's never done it in in three straight games, and this isn't whatever that was just totally off topic but I, and, and but ant you know, but ant impacts this game more and more we've seen as the season gone on outside of his scoring but so right now though i think this is what you're saying great pushback um you would still put luca in like his own tier right from like just a like way above the further okay yes. so because my thing is that um i think you and i have kind of created this take but i i do think the lamello ant thing could go back. I mean, when Luca was drafted, right? Like it was that people ripped the Hawks for the Trey young thing. Like, how did you mess that up? Right. And then we've had, we've seen spurts where Trey young has shown, I think everyone would still take Luca, but I think the gap has been closer than well, maybe and, what people perceived. And especially and if think, you look at it right now, it's like the Hawks yep. are fighting awesome. for home court and the Mavs yep. are fighting to get out of the play in, you know, and obviously Western conference, Eastern conference, whatever, but but yeah, but I think the the Ant Lamelo thing at worst it's like a okay, 
you, you maybe you messed up, but it, it's like a one percent, you know, decrease. Yeah, I, I or think whatever. we could talk. They could, if I mean, I hope because they're too. Obviously, you and I love Ant, but I really, I have to answer what you said. I have probably watched thirty-five of the Hornets games that had Lamelo in them, and he's special too. And like, I it would be great Very for the special. league and great for those franchises too. Like the Hornets have some really cool guys. They have a great coach. Um, Mitch Kupchak's done like a really good job down there. I think like low key, yeah. uh, it would be great for them to be good. So. I think kind of sum this first two up. Um, it, it's it's it, there's there's a tier, right? Like a superstar tier in our minds, and it's Lamelo and Ant, one or two, whatever. Um, to me, and then Poku. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say. To me, it then goes to who do you have at three? That's a very interesting one. And since you you went first with with Edward or with Ball and one, and then we kind of just we both flip flop for two. I'll go first for three. I am just very interested to see how this shakes down. I'm going to, I'm going to preface with this going into the, uh, the draft. This is a guy that I did not think, um, would be this high up on a redraft that I ever did is not a guy that I thought would potentially be, you know, one of the better players in this class, whatever. Um, I had him ranked 14th pre-draft. That was my big board rank of him. Now I'm redrafting him at three. And it's a guy I would have loved to have on the Minnesota Timberwolves. I want him at pick 17, which is just apparently never going to happen because he went fourth overall. It's Patrick Williams uh, to the Chicago Bulls originally four. I put Patrick Williams at three. And the reason for it being, I see, I'm not going to say, okay, I'm not saying he's Kawhi Leonard. He's ever going to be Kawhi Leonard, but I see that type of player in him. I think he's a hard worker. I think his shot has looked better than I thought it would have pre-draft. I think he's so versatile that he can guard many positions, kind of like Jaden McDaniels, but in a different way, but he can guard uh, multiple positions. Pre-draft, I was really worried that he would not be able to play the three. I thought he would be a a four or five. He's shown me that he could be a three or four. Um, I've just really loved everything about him. I think his potential is just through like to the moon. I think he's got a ton of potential and he's the youngest non foreign player in the draft. He's just, this is super, young. this is going to, this is so fun that we're going to have a blast in this. So, um, before I get on your Patrick Williams point, but I'm going to kind of pivot this. You'll see where I'm going. I went Tyrese Halliburton at three. Okay. I think if you were doing like, we're, we're, we're recording this. Wednesday, so the Wolves don't play till Thursday, but Thursday's the NFL draft. And you always see those lists where it's like guys with a line. Oh, I gotta watch the Timberwolves over the draft. <laughs> oh. I don't know. We gotta go. We might have to get the iPad out. But so to me, it's like Lamelo and Ant in that first tier, and then to me, tier two is just Tyrese Halbert. To me, is, like I think can, it's just him. Can I ask? Can I ask you? Is that based on how they look right now, or or what well, they're gonna be, or combination? What's what is your tiers based on right now? Well, I, I'm gonna. Ch- Cheat and spoiler alert, Tyrese Halbert and I have at three. I have Patrick Williams at four. So okay, I'm well, with you. Then I will tell you I also have Tyrese Halbert at four. Okay, so, so have, maybe okay. maybe we move the line down to after four. But to me, first on my number three, Halliburton. Um, the only reason I've pushed back on anything about him is because I think the compare like when people are trying to give him rookie of the year. I mean, I think rookie of the year should go to LaMelo still, because I thought what he did was more special in that time. But if you want to give it to Ant, I'm going to be there to celebrate. But I, it can't be Tyrese Halbert because it can't be like 
you can't tell me all the winning plays he makes on a team who has like five more wins or four more wins than the wolves. Um, and he has a much like, I understand analytics. I don't understand them as much as you or Dane Moore, or a bunch of like Jack Borman, all the guys that write for us at Canis. Um, but I also know like watching it, he doesn't get asked to do what ant does. Like, and that you can and have really efficient numbers like, when your usage rate is fit, you know, half of what ants yeah, is. I so, think his is like 18 or, and ants is 30 or just something like ants is just, so much higher. And I think that's another big thing with rookie of the years. You know, they usually give it to some high usage type of player yeah. and just Halliburton. Isn't that, you know, the only thing that I could see as an argument for, for Halliburton winning was, was Malcolm Brogdon winning, but that really, he was on a really good team and he had no competition. It was Joel Embiid who played less than half a season. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm with you there. Uh, I do like Halliburton though. He's impressed me a lot pre-draft. I think I had Halliburton, let me see. Um, now I can't find him. Well, and it uh, should be 10. noted too. Item 10. It should be noted too that you had like Brendan like put together a, a big board and like, it oh, was, yeah. like yeah. you you did your research. So anytime you're saying this stuff, like I'm deferring to you because you had the, yeah. the draft stuff under yeah. control. Um, But no, so I just think, I think Halliburton, I also love, I probably watched a little more Kings games on the West Coast than I have the Bulls, but I just like his attitude. Um, I like, that he's pretty good defensively as Patrick Williams is, you know, you've said, I mean, Kevin O'Connor did a really good piece on him and he's a dog. Um, but Halliburton has shown me more offensively that I yeah. can kind of see more of a well-rounded player. Um, so that's my three. And then I'll go down to four where I have Patrick Williams. Um, I think everything you said is spot on um, offensively. He's done, I think next to nothing, but your Kawhi comp is fine because go back and look at Kawhi's like first year. Um, and if, if, if you're listening to this and you're wondering like, why would Jane McDaniels not be four? Um, I mean, we're biased, right? But like right. I've watched Patrick Williams, Patrick Williams has 35 pounds on Jane McDaniels right now. He can guard more guys like Jane's been awesome, but Patrick Williams has more of an NBA body that if you were redrafting, yeah. which is what we're doing, you're probably still taking Patrick Williams. So yeah. four, three, you know, vice versa. It, it, it works out well. So I'm, I'm with yeah. you. And, and four was Halliburton. Yeah, and Patrick Williams, uh, offensively, he's only averaging nine points per game. He's only got four four point seven rebounds, an assist, and a half. But he's shooting the ball well, percentage wise, forty eight percent from the field, thirty eight percent from three, which are things that I just I just never really thought would would come to fruition. But I've been really happy that they have. Uh, with Halliburton, um, I guess the reason I have him, I think he's a very smart player. He's got a very high IQ. Um, which, which leans into being a really, really good uh, off-ball defender. I think mm-hmm. on-ball, Tyrese Halliburton is uh, a little uh, too small. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. And that's he, fair. if you want to isolate in Tyrese Halliburton, he's 6'5", 185. You know, Ant's got mm-hmm. 50 pounds on him. Um, and I think it's like a complete opposite. Like, Ant's okay on-ball and just like terrible mm-hmm. off-ball. Um, I think it's kind of the opposite with Tyrese Halliburton. Halliburton, I didn't expect his his jump shot to translate like it is because it is a little funky, but it goes in. Um, I think he's a, a smart player. He doesn't really get to the basket a lot, which kind of lowers you know his ceiling. Um, but I do I do think he's going to be a really solid player in this league. Um, and when I was talking to Brandon Nunes on the last on last week's episode, we talked about the the Tyrese Ant uh, debate, and uh, Tyrese is just a player that. Um, probably won't ever be your best player, 
we kind of came to the the conclusion that hopefully he's your third or fourth best player. And mm-hmm. for the, mm-hmm. for the Kings, you get somebody in there and, and they can be, uh, you know, the second best player. And then you really got something there with De'Aaron Fox, but no, um, I do. I do like Tyrese Halliburton. Obviously he's proven me wrong so far. So as, so as Patrick Williams, I think part of the, the big board thing with Patrick Williams was I was hoping he would fall far enough for the wolves to trade up for him. So I was trying to speak that into existence a little bit. Um, but with Halliburton, uh, he's proved me wrong. He's looked really good. And I think in a lot of other years, you know, Ant, Lamello, or Halliburton could all win uh, mm-hmm. Rookie of the Year. So I've been impressed with and, Halliburton and, this and, year. And, and Patrick Williams is like so many other rookies that we might talk about or we might just skip over because we didn't think they're worthy of going in the lottery in our minds. But um, he's on a team too, right? Like he kind of walked into a situation where the Bulls were expected to kind of be like a – playoff team early on um and he had to kind of do what Jaden's done be like a role player like so you yep. touched on all of his offensive stats but that's because he's behind you know Zach Levine or now Vucevic or like Kobe White like all these guys that got a, a lot of mouths to feed so he I the Kawhi comp is obviously when you compare a guy to Kawhi or KD it's kind of outlandish but I think it's right. a good one in the sense of like I think he will make significant consistent strides and by year three you'll see him be a monster. He's he's yeah. fantastic. He's young. Um, and like I said, he's already like two fifteen. That's that's you can't teach size. So I like that. So one, two, three, four. Let's go. I'm gonna I'm gonna be selfish. Let's go to you for five because this is where in my mind it gets crazy. But maybe you're yeah. I don't. At this. I will I will preface this pick by by talking about the first four picks. I'm very surprised we had the same four. Um in that order. I, I wasn't expecting you to have Williams that high for some reason. Um, and I doubted you and I'm sorry that I doubted (laughs) you. Um, so let's go to five. Let's go to five. This is a player that I had ranked fourth in my, in my big board coming into the season. Um, and he hasn't had a, to be honest, he hasn't looked that great. Uh, I, Isaac Okoro for Cleveland is my fifth, um, player taken here. And I guess the reason for that pick is I think he's going to be one hell of a defensive player. He mm-hmm. already has been very impressive. You know, Jaden McDaniels, him have just been two really impressive rookies on defense. Um, his shot hasn't been great. He's not shooting terribly. We, I didn't expect him to have a great jump shot. Um, but I think he's done a lot of good things and I think he has a lot of um, upside and I don't know where you have him. If you even have him. I have no idea. I and I don't want to know until he comes up, if, unless he's four. Yeah, three, let's we'll, we'll no, we'll stick to three, just the number now. Um, but I do, I do like Isaac Cora, and I like the potential that he brings. He does a lot of things good. He has a really solid build at six five two twenty five. He's you know built to be an NBA wing. Um, so I feel good about Isaac Cora, even though this year he's he's only averaging about eight points, shooting thirty percent from three. Um, I just feel really good about him i don't, I don't know that what do you I, have? so now that now that now that we're not maybe sharing picks you know like i said right. let's um not i won't analyze that until i get to him but so yep. at five for me i had a manual quickly okay um i've liked what i've seen i i do put some stock into a guy that can contribute on a playoff team <laughs> um and and the knicks are well coached by tibbs and they have you know um Julius Randle's having a borderline, you know, top five MVP season. 
Um, and then all oh, the, the vets, you know, that Tibbs relies on Rose and Taj Gibson stuff have helped them, but quickly has been great when they bring them off the bench. Um, and, uh, if you subscribe to the notion of Kentucky players, are just always good or like at least borderline, not bad. I mean, even right. the Willie Colley Steins of the world or stuff like they're going to stay in the league. Um, I like quickly. And I just, there's something about him. He, he has such a mean floater game. Um, so he yeah, would go five for me. That's insane. Isn't it? He's so good at that flo- in that floor. Oh man. If Ant so, had and, that. And, yep. Yeah. Oh, Ant's is, and, and will develop it. But right now he has no touch when he gets right. in because he's cuffing it to dunk. So, uh, no, uh-huh. I, quickly at five for me, um, and then we'll piggyback to me now. Uh, at six, I did have Isaac Okoro. Okay. Um, I of all the bad teams in the league, I've probably watched the Cavs less than anyone. I like I've watched more Pistons games, um, but when I've watched Okoro or when I read about him through other writers, he's he's pretty cool. Like he's another guy that's behind a lot of mouths to feed with. Kevin Love's out there. That that backcourt with Sexton and Garland. I mean, he's not getting a lot of shots, but yep. um, that dude is. He would be described as a pit bull. Like he is so tough and strong. And I think he has I, I really the like Jimmy Butler seen. stamp of approval on defense, which is just yep. like something that, believe it or not, like to me holds a lot of stock because Jimmy has always been a dog on defense. Yep. Um. So okay, Okoro at six for you. All right, good. So I didn't feel outlandish having a core at five. Okay. No, that number was a good one. I like that. Number six for me, I have Killing Hayes. Uh, Hayes has been injured pretty much all season. He hasn't played a ton uh, coming into the draft. I had Killian Hayes ranked as my fifth uh, prospect, and I have him sixth here. Uh, what I like about the re- here's my thing with Hayes is um, we just. I don't know much more about him than I did when I came into the draft. So I, I don't feel comfortable moving him, you know, down my board a lot. I don't feel comfortable having him, you know, slipping down because he hasn't shown me. I have him slipping down one spot because I think some players have just performed really well. But uh, what I've seen from him is uh, I think he's going to be a really solid passer in this league. I think his uh, jump shot's going to need a little bit of work. Um but I think he just has a lot of potential and he hasn't got his feet under him yet. He's played 17 games, 22 minutes a night. He just hasn't really gotten to, you know, do anything. And he's on literally the, like probably the second or third worst team in the league, Um, which doesn't, you know, he doesn't have anybody to, to pass the ball to. He doesn't really have anyone to um, set up for good shots outside of Jeremy Grant and, Isaiah Stewart. So I, I still like killing Hayes and this is more of like, uh, paying my respects because he's barely played and he, um, was pretty high for me coming into the draft, but he definitely hasn't had the sixth best season. Right? No, and this is, uh, I would say to recap it quick. I mean, I've already done this, but we, we went baller Edwards one or two and then, uh, Hal Burton or Williams three or four to me, that's, for, for in my opinion, to me, that's kind of non-negotiable. Like, I, I really think that right now, today on April 28th, like those are the top four. Right. Um, and then, then it kind of starts to go into, I'm either going to pivot into a guy just believe in his upside or a guy who's given me something. Right. Um, and I have, so, a, I have a combination of both of those guys for the rest of, for the rest of yep, my, yep. So my I, uh, this is probably the last time we'll agree, but I actually had Killian Hayes here as well, only because I, uh, read enough stuff pre-draft from guys like Jack Borman or Jake or you or um, Tyler Metcalf um, 
that really loved him. Like, I mean, so this I, I is seven him. for you. Yep. Yep. Okay. I, I, I had saw a six, him. but you have a seven. Okay. Yep. I saw him be, uh, I saw Killian Hayes be some people's top prospect. Um, yeah, and I'm not going to sure. drop him out of the lottery, even though we've seen nothing because he got injured. He just had an injury. Like, um, I think he's fast. Um, he had, I mean, he's probably had two highlights his whole career so far. One of them was that wild, like, three quarters bounce pass. Like, yeah, he, he seems special. Um, he, he looked, looked the part coming over from Europe, um, last fall. So that that's who I had here as well. But I think from here now, you and I are going to pivot all over the place. Yeah. So that was your seven. I'll give my seven then. Cause so far I have Edwards one ball, two Williams, three Halliburton, four, a coral five, Hayes six, number seven on my list. Jaden McDaniels. Jaden McDaniels comes in at seventh on my list. And the reason is I think he's playing at like near all NBA, all defensive team caliber right now. And it just really gets thrown under swept to the side because he's on one of the worst defenses in the league. And his defensive numbers don't look great because he's not surrounded by great defenders. Um, But what he's doing at 185 pounds checking Julius Randle, checking Kyrie Irving and James Harden, checking literally whoever has been thrown at him. Go, be Legitimately guarding one through four, mm-hmm. being able to switch on fives. I mean, he's guarded Zion Williamson, and Zion like couldn't move him on one possession. It's just really impressive. And then offensively, I think he uh, he's got something there. He's got a nice jump shot that I think is going to only get better. I think he's going to be a 38% shooter for the rest of his career. Um, He's got a little wiggle to him, but he's got to harness that a little bit, but I just love the potential when you talk about a guy that's going to make an all defensive team in his career, you know, and very soon. And and this was seven for you, right? I know we're bouncing around numbers. This This was was seven. seven Yeah. Yeah, um, The athletic John, my good buddy, John Hollinger, uh, they did a redraft recently um and i think yeah and i think they had Jaden 10th um yeah i would say you can scour the web and you can start to find more and more people are doing these redrafts um Jaden Jaden's in top 10s everywhere like i think he's in the lottery and pretty much every redraft i've looked at so i mean i don't think that's outrageous i don't think it's a homer pick um i think he is like i like you just said he's already shown rookies don't make like all defensive team but he's already shown all defense speaking of which on a there should basis. be a all rookie defensive team or a defensive yeah, but, rookie of the year. Yeah, no, that's maybe that, but like I would the NFL a they, whole team. Yeah. Well, most it, rookies are bad defenders. All right. I would say you might not find five guys in but, a certain year, but yeah, but all rookie. in the NFL, they have offensive yeah. rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year. They should have that for, for the NBA, but um, I'm, I'm with, I'm with you though. Uh, like I said, Jaden's already showed you that he can defend at pretty much an all NBA level. His body I'm not one of the people that subscribes to the idea that he's going to ever weigh 215. Uh, I don't, I don't think, think. I think he'd be I lucky think, to crack 200. Yeah, I think 195 might be like he's like what 20 now, and he's 185. He might be 19 or he might gain 10 pounds by the time he's 30. Like I just don't see him filling out. But it's fine. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to be thick to defend if you know how to KG, move your feet. And KG spin your proved hips. that. Right. KG proved so, that. And I don't, I'm not saying Jaden's going to be KG. The KG's like top five defender all time, but, but he's got some promise. So, and, that, and that's what I really like about him. So Jane was your, Jane was your seventh. You should yep. go eight then. All right. I'll go eight. 
Um, another guy, actually. All right, I I, I want to find where I had this guy. Okay, so so Jaden McDaniels, I had twenty fourth on my big board coming into the season. He was okay. low for me, and the reason was I did not know what to make from him. He literally, they just. You and the rest of the league, right? No one. Well, knew obviously, what to make and he went that. You know, he went lower than that. He went what twenty twenty eighth, obviously. Um, so I was really surprised. Uh, but the next guy I have, also, I had ranked twenty fifth. Had him ranked twenty fifth coming into this draft, and he has moved himself up to eighth for me. And it is actually Jaden McDaniel's college teammate Isaiah Stewart, who I have going. Okay here okay. at eight Stewart has been very very impressive to me um he's been more impressive than what i've seen from killian hayes but i just we've seen more of isaiah stewart he's played 60 games for the pistons he's averaging seven points almost seven rebounds and he's shooting albeit he's only taking half a three per game but he's shooting 42 percent. so he showed that he can knock down shots and he's shooting 57 from the field altogether. Um, I just think he's been really impressive. I didn't have a ton of hope for him coming in. As you can see, I had him ranked 25th. Um, he's kind of undersized at like 6'8 at the center, but he's 250. Yeah, He could have like taken 25 pounds and like gifted them to Jaden McDaniels. Unfortunately, right. he decided not to. But um, And Isaiah Stewart's less than, he's only 19. He's almost 20. So he's also very young, which most of these rookies are. But right. to be built like that, at age 19, being drafted at age 19, um, being built in 6'8", 250 is just impressive. And he's looked really good. Um, second coming of uh, Ben Wallace, I guess, according to Pistons fans. Yeah. Was, and, yeah. And, and so that's funny. We made a comment about how we haven't collectively, honestly, watched a ton of Pistons games. Um, but they, they do have, we might touch on some other guys here too, but they, they have some nice pieces. Killing Hayes. Sure. So that's one they had of a good um, draft. Yeah, and Isaiah Stewart is is another one. Um, he's not he's not going to be at nine for me because you just gave your eighth, so I'll go to my ninth. But uh, he's not there yet. But I think um, was I, your eighth? I wouldn't be uh, my eighth was Jaden. Oh yes, so I I just kind of overlooked it because we both talked about him. But uh, yep. but yeah, no, I think a lot of scouts and GMs um probably have a disdain for the University of Washington program um because they recruit well, but then they murder a guy's value um. It's not the first time it's happened either. Like it's funny that you we talk about these guys because being out here, I've actually watched Washington play right. uh, in person, and like I, those are the only two guys I've seen. And like they, you're lying if you really thought Jaden McDaniels was going to be great coming out of college. <laughs> like, like it's just I, not. I wrote a piece about it, you know, rotation wise, and I said Jaden was going to be in the G League bubble and only see yeah. minutes if there was major injuries and. A lot's changed since then. Yeah, now he's one of the core four. So, uh, no, I'm with you. So, I had Jaden eight. Um, you went nine now with Isaiah Stewart. For me, at some point, I had to make this pick. Stewart was and my eight. Was, Stewart, Stewart was my eight, okay, but I want okay. you to go nine, then I'll go nine. So, okay, so at ninth, for me, uh, I had James Wiseman. Um, I did, I did people, too. I'll just throw that out there right there. I had Wiseman. Okay, good. Perfect. Yep. People that know me and maybe you um, – no, maybe our disdain for certain Warriors fans or Warriors. Warriors Twitter is actually really great. Warriors, but like, I, I actually um, do. I really enjoy Warriors Twitter. I really do. I they're they, great. Uh, they're a, they are a great um, community, which is very 
weird considering, you know, of the championships they've won. They don't, it's funny. You're right. They don't BS like no, they uh, don't. Samus Fondiari and uh, Andy Lou and Sam's Warriors great. Bobby. Those guys They're, are great. Yep. Yep. So my, my thing with Wiseman was I actually, it has nothing to do with Wiseman saying he doesn't want to come to Minnesota last year. Yeah. And I didn't want him anyway. I don't so. see it as well as you. I just don't, I don't see it. Like I, he's athletic, but I think 25 year old Kyle was just a, like, I loved athleticism, but when I've grown a little bit, like just cause you're athletic doesn't mean you're good, especially in basketball. Like you have to have skills and I haven't loved his hands. He just stopped shooting threes. <laughs> um, like, which was this promise he had coming out that he was gonna be this stretch big. And he, he is athletic and he can protect the rim, but I feel bad for his confidence issues, but his hands remind me of Vanderbilt a little bit. Um, he seems like he really needs post-ups. He's not, you know, or like he, they don't run a lot of pick and rolls with them in general before he got hurt, but I just flat out haven't seen it. Like, I, I, I don't want to say this on the record, but whatever, hell, let's do it. Like, to me, it's just like, he's a really young, little higher ceiling JaVel McGee. Like, I just don't see how he is a top eight guy. Like, there's no way I'm taking him over Patrick Williams or Tyrese Halliburton. So, to me, he slots in at ninth and still has a lot of upside. Yes, he's very young. He needs some reps, but I don't know, man. Like, what what have you seen from Wiseman? Because I know you've watched a lot of him before he went down. Well, kind of. Yeah, I, I did watch quite a bit of the Warriors games just because I, I wanted to keep tabs on ball and, and, and uh, Wiseman. But, the tough thing was coming in the draft. James Wiseman was uh, he, there was no film on him. He played only a handful, right. less than a handful of college games. So really, he's basically, and I think that's why I still have him in my lottery right now, is because he basically jumped from from playing his last high school game and then essentially taking a year off of competitive basketball and then playing in a regular season NBA game. He didn't have you know much for a training camp, just like all the rookies. No, you know, no training camp really. No summer league, um, only a couple of preseason games, but Wiseman's net rating is just bad. Like, and so was Edwards. Don't get me wrong, but, but Wiseman's the Warriors have been a lot better since James Wiseman went down and he's a rookie. He's supposed to be bad. Rookies are supposed to be bad. You should never fault a rookie for not being, you know, a meaningful contributor, but, um, yeah, I, I kind of the same reasons as you. I think he's a freak athlete. I think he's just, you know, he's a monster. He's huge. Um, I've had concerns about the hands. I've had concerns that I think I don't think Steve Kerr is doing him any favors by not getting no. him in in pick and rolls like that. Talk about Warriors Twitter, dude. Like go. They yeah, they hate Steve, Steve Kerr. Kerr. Yeah, <laughs> so bad. Um, but yeah, I don't think I don't see. I don't like. Uh, I don't like how Steve Kerr is utilizing him. So I don't want to, I didn't want to bring him too far down, but the thing is he's probably going to be playing under Steve Kerr for a while now, um, which could really hinder development. Also the Warriors just don't have uh they just don't have a good developmental like system. They really don't. When you think no. about like impact player, they players they've had or like draft picks they've had, it is not good. Like the Warriors draft history is pretty bad. Um, I'm looking it up here quick because, which, which, which I know what you're going to say. So I'll give you a second here to Google it. Cause I know what you're trying to get to. Um, it's also difficult, right? Because it's harder to develop rookies when you are like a dynasty, right? So some of the yeah, guys no, that they've drafted sure. have been hot lower in the first round or second round. It's hard to get those guys minutes, but what, what you're about to pull up and show is like, 
yeah, I mean, the guys that they had come through, um, whether it be late first round, like they just haven't developed them. They don't have a lot of young talent. Yeah, like they haven't hit on really much in late um, rounds. Like Jordan Poole has been pretty good actually this year, 28. Um, but then it's like Eric Paschal, who was good last year, has not been much of anything this year. Um, Jacob Evans, he got picked 28th. He did nothing. He came to Minnesota, did less than nothing. And now he is probably not on the, the team. League, I think, right? Damian Jones, he was fine. Now he's on the Sacramento Kings as their backup center who just finally got signed for a, a real contract. Who, who, who I like. Like, I, I like, like him watching too. him play. Yeah. Like, I, but Damian Jones, not to interrupt you, but like, it's funny because he's kind of like Wiseman, but without the investment, like, of right. the, you know, the second overall pick. Like, he does a lot of what Wiseman does at one tenth of the price, but you're right. They, but I would say, I would say Wiseman has a higher upside, but uh, that's enough on, that's enough on um, them. I'm curious and I'll go first with 10 since you went with Wiseman at nine. Um, I got Sadiq Bay here. Sadiq Bay uh, going into the draft. Sadiq Bay was, let me find it. uh, 16th on my board. And now I have him ranked 10th. The thing I like about Sadiq Bey is he's a very solid shooter. He's shooting 38% on high volume from three. Uh, field goal percentage isn't great outside of, you know, his two-point percentage is only 46%. Uh, but he only takes, like, three twos a game. He's literally just, mm-hmm. like, a three-point shooter, averaging 11 points. Uh, he also four four rebounds. Um, and he, I think he's a solid defender. And we were born in the exact same day, so I'll, I'll forever have a connection to Sadiq Bey. But... Um, He's only 20, he's 22. So he's a little bit older, but I just think he's like that prototypical three and D wing that can help a good team. Um, and I think he has some upside still, even though he is 22 years old. So I'm not like uh total, I I'm not one that factors age in too much. When I think about draft picks, I think it's, there's some importance there, obviously. Um, but I don't factor it in too much, but I think Sadiq Bay has been pretty impressive with his shooting. I think he's been a solid defender um, on a bad team again. And I think he's going to be a really good defender on a good defensive team. He's kind of like that. Robert Covington would never fix your defense, but if Robert Covington's on a good right. defense, he's going to look really impressive. Um, At 10, I took Isaiah Stewart. We've already pretty much touched on every, everything you said. Um, And I would say that I have a, I have a highlight here on my list, but uh, these next four, um, it, it, it's tough in it's tough in general when you draft at the back end of the lottery because you're starting to look at are we getting guys who are like higher floor lower ceiling or are we talking about guys that have higher ceilings but could absolutely bust out and be right. like on the Shanghai Sharks in three years. Um, so I took Isaiah Stewart tenth. Uh, we've already talked about him enough, so I'll go to my eleventh. Um, and I'm and I've kind of been drinking the Kool Aid. Like I think right here I would take Poku only because. The other list of guys I have probably have much higher floors, like will contribute to their 33 years old in the league. Um, and Poku has been weird. and He's done some weird stuff that's gone viral online. He makes some flashy passes and mistakes, but they also don't really teach height and skill for a guy that big. So um, at 11, I had Poku because after the top 10, why the hell not? Yeah. And I understand that um, I'm going to, touch on Poku just one second because I don't actually have him in my lottery. Okay. Uh, but pre-draft, he was ranked 42nd on my board. I was not okay. 
really a fan of him. And he definitely is higher than that. Now I would have him probably somewhere in my top 20. I didn't go past 14. Just thinking off the top of my head, he would probably be in my top 20 somewhere. I have liked a lot of what I saw, but he's probably been the worst player in the league this year. Like just in a vacuum, he's been really bad, but he's also like the youngest player in the league. Um, the skinniest player in the league, but he, he just has such these, these intriguing skills that, um, I didn't think, and they haven't really translated in the NBA, but I didn't think they're translating the NBA at all. And they have a little bit more. So I was kind of a hater on Poku's and maybe it was just all the draft Twitter love. I saw about him pre-draft that I was just a little like biased because I didn't see as much as those guys. Um, but yeah, so, uh, I'll leave it at that with Poku, but I, I like that pick there for you. Uh, that was 11. 11. So I'll go 11 yep. for me. I got Devin Vassell going 11. Uh, okay. Pre-draft, I had him ninth. Another player I really wanted in the Timberwolves. I thought he'd be a great fit there on the wing. Um, I think he's had a, I think he's had a good season. I think he has looked pretty impressive um, in the small role that, that Greg Popovich has had for him. He's played 50 games, but he's only averaging 16 minutes a game. Um, he's shooting almost 40% from three on two attempts shooting 88% from the free throw line, um, rebounding okay in his minutes. Per 36-minute stats look pretty good, actually. he's For that, he's at 11 points, 5.8 rebounds, 2 assists, um, shooting you know 40% from 3. So I, I do like what Vassell's brought. I think defensively he's been pretty good. I think he's going to be a really, really solid defender. Um, not maybe up to Mikhail Bridges' tier, but kind of that same type of defender that Mikhail Bridges is in Phoenix. And that's what I like about Fassell. I don't know if you have him on your board at all, but I think he's been a really solid player. Again, I, I, so I don't have him on my board, but I just want like to stress that we are now at a level where this became, it's a like, crap I lost sleep over it. Yeah. Um, it's difficult. And I would, I can verify that of all the 30 teams in the league, I know I've watched the Spurs the least only just out of coincidence, but I just haven't seen like more than two of us. You don't tune in to see um, Gorgie sit on the bench. No, or? no. So um, I've heard good things. I know like when Dane was doing the pre-draft stuff um, with Will the bird, like he was really high on him, but uh, I just haven't seen him. So that was your Will, Will had him as his number. That was my 11, but Will had number him as one, his yeah. number one pick. That's insane. Yeah. yeah. So I just haven't seen enough of them, um, but that, that's a good one at 11. Why don't you go 12 then? I had Onyeko Kongu 12 coming into the draft. Uh, Okongwu was eight for me. And it's not so much that I've seen him. What I've seen from him has made me push him down. It's just that other people have passed him. Um, but Okongwu has been kind of stuck behind, you know, other, other yeah. players, you know, yeah. and uh, he still has been okay. So far this year, he's in his, he's played 40 games, 11 minutes per game. Um, he's shooting 61% from the field, which is just really good. Um, he doesn't shoot threes, um, and he's not scoring a bunch, but I think he's going to be a a really solid defender versatile where he can kind of switch down and move his feet well in the perimeter. Um, he's going to finish inside really well and he's shooting 62% from free throw. So I don't think he's going to be like a bad free throw shooter. I think he's going to be able to hit the occasional mid range shot if he has to, um, I think he's gonna be a good re- rebounder at his size too. He's only six eight, but um, he plays bigger than that. So, um, I, mean, I don't have a ton to say on him because he he hasn't played a ton. But he was a guy that I didn't feel like I could slip down too much, just because I think he's looked fine in the in the uh, minutes he's had this year. I think uh, I don't have him on mine either, but it's a value play, right? And we're getting too- to we're getting towards the end of our lottery. So, like you not having on yours, you only have a couple right. players left. So. Um, unlike Vassell, who I can see translate, I would say that if I was a GM or a scout, 
like one of the few bugaboos I have is I just, and this is kind of why the Isaiah Stewart thing, he's been so much better than I think. I think some people that maybe just follow one team, like the Wolves, might not even know who he is. Um, he's been great. Right. But I, I have a real like issue with undersized bigs. Like I just, it, I just don't know if you can look around and like if they can't guard on the perimeter and they're six eight or six nine, you're starting to look at guys who pretty much there's no, like there's no scenario where they become like stars. You know. And again, I know yeah, we're the, and that's like, the lottery, but it's but just when you tough. think about like, you're looking at like a mold of like a, I don't know, like a Jordan Bell. Those types of players just don't last that long. League they're they're not that great of defenders on the perimeter, even though it looks like they should be. And their offensive game is pretty limited. So I, I kind of get that. I think Okongo is better than that. I'm not, and I think you probably think he's better than that too. Yep. But but I understand what you're saying. There's not a lot of undersized centers that really stick it around. Just, it frightens me that he's undersized and that he's not stretching the floor. And then his free throw rate is not great. You're starting to I mean, really, you're looking at a nice, solid. I mean, I'm not going to say Jared Sollinger because he could even step out, but you're just starting to look at a guy who might have a low ceiling. But um, no, that that's cool at 12. At 12 for me, you'll see my bias here. As much as I don't like undersized guys, thing I, one thing I do love, I love Kentucky players. So I have Tyrese Maxey here. Um, I love speed. Uh, I think Maxey's another guy like Patrick Williams, who is uh-huh. obviously the Sixers are so much better than the Bulls, but he's just stuck right now. Like if Tyrese Maxey was on the Rockets, he'd probably win rookie of the year. Like he would be scoring so much because he would just be fed the ball. Right. Um, he's fast. He can defend. Uh, and I just, I've loved everything I've seen about him. So who do you got next? Um, I'll just touch on Maxi quick, just cause okay, he's yeah, not yeah. on my board. I do. I do like Tyrese Maxi. Um, he's not on my board, but he's pretty close. And I struggled to get these 14 down. We should have stopped at. I we should have stopped at 10 for four. sure. Should have stopped at four. <laughs> um, actually had to go, had to stop at least to get Jaden in there, but no, uh, I do like Maxi. I think he's got a lot of potential, but like you said, he's kind of, buried there in a depth chart and he's a rookie and they're trying to win a championship. So those types of things don't usually play hand in hand. Um, but yeah, no, I do. I do like um, Tyrese Maxey. Tyrese Maxey going into the draft was actually 11th on my board. So oh, really? I, okay. I did. I was pretty high on him compared to a lot of, um, a lot of people. Some people had him higher. Some people had him lower, um, but I'll shift and I'll go with his teammate here at 13 because 12 was Okongwa for me. So for 13, I have Emmanuel quickly. Um, okay. his college teammate. So, uh, a lot of the same things you said about it, about quickly. Uh, one thing I don't like is I don't know how good a defender he's going to be. And I don't know how good he's right. going to be shooting, uh, yeah. outside That's of three. Word. He's, he's only shooting 39.8% from three or yep. from no, no 39.1% from three, which is awesome. 39.8% from two, which is just like Atrocious. not awesome. <laughs> yeah. He's, uh, yeah, it's just not good. Like Anthony Edwards is shooting, you know, 46% from two and he's this inefficient player. <laughs> um, and I bet nobody calls, nobody calls quickly inefficient cause he's shooting that, that glorious 39% from three, but right. he's shooting just pitifully from, from two. And obviously quickly doesn't have, uh, the load that Ant does. Um, but that scares me a little bit. I do love his floater and I like his jump shot. Um, and he's scoring 11 points per game, shooting 89% from the free throw line, which is good. And he's getting to the line almost three attempts a game. And for a rookie that plays 20 minutes, that's pretty good. But I do, I do like him enough to keep him up there in the lottery. And and pre-draft, he was 29th for me. Okay. Um, okay. so he he really has jumped up. Uh just not just not quite as high as you have him. But 
but I understand your rationale for where you have him because he has looked really impressive there. Um, did that you was, do 13? Yeah, that was your 13? Yep. Okay, so at 13 for me, again, kind of just going back to your Kongwu play where it's like this guy, in terms of value, I just, I'm just i going to put him here. Uh, I don't think we saw much from Denny Avdia this year, but I know people were high enough. I think Tyler Metcalf, who writes for Canis, um, had him number one. Again, too, it, it was tough to do a big board last year, but uh, he didn't get a lot of shots behind Beal and Westbrook, and he obviously suffered a pretty brutal injury. Um, but I'm going Denny Avdia at 13. Do you, what, where did you have him pre-draft? Avdia? Um, I wasn't as high yeah. on him as a lot of uh, people were, like people putting him like number one overall prospect. I had him six pre-draft. Okay. Uh, that So I was pretty high on him. I don't currently have him in my redraft in the lottery. Okay. Um, he's done nothing. Mostly, he's been misused. You know I mean? He's been uh, misused. Yeah. Um, totally misused on that TM. So I've been kind of disappointed in that. I mean, now he's hurt, unfortunately. Uh, hopefully he gets better soon. But yeah, I no, I'm not too down on what he's done this year. I think a lot has been just a product of Scott Brooks just not running something that's conducive to getting him anything. I don't even know what his stats look like this year, but I promise you they're not good. Well, it's also, it's really tough, difficult to analyze a rookie on a Westbrook team because right. he's barely touching the ball. So um, of all the guys in difficult spots, I mean, we, we made a case for Wiseman. Avdia might have been in the worst one. Like, Avdia is the type of guy, like, in a fantasy football draft, like, you try to go poach from the uh-huh. Wizards because, you know, like, you, hey, here's something. Do you want to yeah. give us your rookie? Um, so I still have high hopes for him. I liked what Tyler Madcalf had wrote about him. So at 13, why not? You know what I mean? Yeah. So I want you to give 14. I'll finish with my 14th guy. So, okay, so before I give it to you, like, the, the well, no, I'll give it to you first. Um, I had Cole Anthony. Okay. Uh, I, and he just like, slipped out of mine. I didn't okay, quite yeah. have Cole Anthony. Um, the magic have been, obviously they've really boiled it down to the, the studs. They traded away everyone at the deadline. Um, they're kind of on a real, real rebuild. I think they're the second worst roster in the or second worst record in the league now. So they look like they'll probably get a top five pick for sure. Yeah. Um, but I, I like what Cole Anthony did. I mean, obviously he had that hilarious buzzer beater against the wolves that made me cry, but uh, <laughs> I, I like, I like how he plays. Um, I'm a UNC guy, so I'm a little biased there, but I think he's a really good guy that in a, in a redraft probably deserves to be in the lottery from what he's done right now. Yeah. Yeah. And that's fair. I had Cole Anthony 15th pre-draft. And that's probably okay. where it happened. He's probably my first honorable mention. I didn't put honorable mentions down, but he's definitely one of those. If I had three, he would be in those three yeah, for sure. Um, so I do like what Cole Anthony's done for the magic. They've needed a point guard. He's um, kind of fallen into that too. So I, I do like what he's done so far. Um, we'll go with my 14th here and that's Desmond Bain um, from TCU. Now is on yep. the Grizzlies. Obviously yep. uh, he was 18th for me coming into the draft and I was pretty high in him compared to like national guys, but I know a lot of draft Twitter really liked Desmond Bain. Um, so I have him 14th here. I think he's just a lights out shooter. Like, just so good. Um, and I don't even remember where he got drafted. I think it was the 30th pick. I think he ended up last. And if we're being honest, myself included, when the Wolves passed on him, or you know, I was mad. Obviously, obviously 28, like the pick belonged to the Lakers and stuff. But when it was Jaden McDaniels and not Desmond Bain, people were pissed. And uh, it's fine. I, I wanted Bain too. Right. But, but I'm I also glad I was thinking, have... but we had just taken Palmero, which was just had made me totally, totally mad. Um, right. And I was like, we haven't got a 
a, a forward yet. And I was like, we need yep. to get, so I was okay with Jaden. I liked the upside there, but yeah, I totally understand that. Um, but Bain's shooting 45.5% from three. He's he on he almost is, four attempts. I mean, Jaden, you and I are probably going to vote, but there's a really good argument to make that steal after one year that Desmond Bain was a steal of the draft. I mean, yeah. that's, and, and that's fair. And I totally understand that. Um, it kind of just depends on what you value. You know, he's got a lot more, even though him and Jaden offensively are averaging kind of close to the same numbers actually, but uh, Bain's role is a lot smaller. Um, so maybe not, maybe, maybe not smaller offensively, but just minute, minute wise, Bain plays less minutes off um, on the court than Jaden does. So without hijacking your brand new podcast at Believe Take Timberwolves, it. here are the I'll give um, you the keys. You don't even need to. I want. It. I am going to blow your mind, kind of. I've been wanting to wrap this up because I wanted to make a pivot into a little quick Timberwolves talk. Um, yep. before I we, wanted to too. Go. So I'm I'm interested um, to hear what you have to say. So we just went through 14 guys each. Um, and here are some of the guys that we didn't have, right? We didn't have Obi Toppin, who went eight to the Knicks. We didn't have Jalen Smith, who went 10th to the Suns. Um, we didn't have Aaron Neesmith, who went 14 to the Celtics. And one of our other, or, you know, I didn't have a, a, a Nicky a Kongwu, um, who went six to the, the, the Hawks. And then obviously we dropped Wiseman pretty significantly um, yeah. to like the bottom 10. My point is, look at some of those guys we didn't draft, right? The Knicks have gotten nothing from Obi Toppin. Uh, the Suns sent Jalen Smith to the G League for a while. He doesn't play. Right. Um, and then like the Celtics with Aaron Smith, he's been bad. My point is, is that some of the best teams in the league, Ducks included now record-wise, have gotten nothing from their rookie. from rookies. And the yep. reason I want to say that is because the Wolves are winning games now. And if they were to lose their, you know, it would suck to give up that pick. But I think it's important to remember that just because the Wolves give up their pick next this summer, let's say it's six or something. Yeah. Um, I do not believe, even as an optimist, pulling that hat off, I do not believe that just because they give up their pick, everyone needs to be woe is me. Because I'm just telling you right now that the teams that drafted in the lottery, the ones that miss the worst, the Knicks and the Suns, are like two of the nine best teams in the league. Right. So okay. not yep. having your pick this year might not be a death sentence. I still would love to draft in the top three because yep, assets sure. are awesome. But that was like my whole takeaway from this is like the biggest like draft busts after nine months of this are on teams that are playing like some of the best basketball in the league. Yeah. <laughs> so it's not, it's not a death sentence. Like it's okay if they lose the pick. And I, and I totally agree with you there. And that's something that I think uh, is kind of important to talk about. Um, I don't really want to get into this because you talked to Dane Moore last night, not last night, the night before true, true, after yeah. the, the Utah game. And you pretty much echoed everything I would want to say about the, the odds of keeping the pick and winning games and everything. But I just want to put out here in this stratosphere. I'm okay with winning games. I don't think the wolves are going to far fall lower than five in the draft odds. And oh, yeah, I want to no. make this clear. No matter where the Timberwolves end up with the record wise, it's still more likely that they don't keep the pick than that they do. And I think that's something that you're, you're it's, bottom three odds doesn't guarantee you bottom three pick or top three pick, you know, like Charlotte jumped from eight to three last year and there's teams that fell out of the top three, whatever. Um, so I'd be okay with winning some games, ending up fifth or fourth or whatever. I, in the name of building something, you tell me if the wolves ended up going 500 from here on out these last nine games, say they went five and four, I'd be ecstatic. 
that's like that build something and just hope the cards fall into your favor. I, I, I want the top three pick. Don't get me wrong. I, I dream of Evan Mobley next to Carl Anthony Towns and Jaden McDaniels playing defense. That's just, I just love that idea. But so let's just let's it's not just the end of the like, world. I guess that's what I'm saying. Just, I don't want agree. them to get the six pick. I just don't care that much to where I'm going to think it's the end of the world. And, and and my biggest thing has been, and podcasts are probably less enjoyable when you and I just agree on everything. But I think that this draft will end up being like last draft, where the top three could. I mean, there might start to be some Jalen Sugg steam or Mobley steam for one over Cunningham, but I think it's going to be like it was in 2020 where there's going to be three guys that are going in the top three and then the next tier, right? Yeah. So if Suggs, Cunningham, and Mobley all go in the top three, the Golden State won't get They're not getting any of them. I mean, like if if they go in the top three, they'll either go to the Wolves or they go to another franchise like the Magic that maybe deserve a little boost of talent. Yeah. Um, My thing has just always been like, if you're the youngest team in the league, which they are, and I'm not making excuses, but it's a fact, and you're also like the up until Monday, the worst winning percentage at all professional sports. You should like never take wins for granted. Yeah. Like you got to learn how, like it, it, there's, there's this other way where it's like, what if I, what if I guaranteed you they could have a 40.1% chance, but they shut down Ant and they teach him nothing. Like that, that's terrible to teach your young guy. Like, hey, we're just going to, you can just sit out for two weeks. Right. And then they sit Carl and they go one and nine over this last, you know, nine or 10 game stretch. Um, that opens up a whole can of worms. But then what happens right, when you right. still and they lose, lose the pick. pick? But what if they lose? What if they would have lost their last nine games and they lose the pick? That opens up. Th- like, come on. Like, we've done this before. That yeah. opens up the summer now where they start going, it's a slow news day on the jump on Tuesday. And they go, you know what? Conley Towns might demand a trade. Right. Like, they're going to start making stuff up. Whereas if this, if the Wolves finish seven and three and they ride off into this, you know, winning at a 60% clip over the last month. Again, not you can't just call them the next version of the Suns, what the Suns did in the bubble. But there is a there is a premise there that winning games, getting into the summer, being like, hey, we're all going to do a a group workout and come June. Like yeah. building that momentum is so important, and it really is for the youngest team in the league. When forget the rookies, like even Jalen Noel, Nas Reed, like those guys need to learn that Rockets game. I know you watched it. The Rockets game was atrocious. Uh huh. Um, and remember, so I think it was like one hundred two, one hundred one when they had fouled. Uh, Porter, uh, is right. What's is yeah. it Kevin Porter? Yep. They'd followed him on an and one. It was like one hundred two, one hundred one, and he's like, "Oh damn it, here we go again." And then the Wolves, I think, went and scored like eight in a row. It was messy yeah. and dicey, but they sh- they learned how to win. And I just think mm-hmm. learning how to win, they have their coach in place, they have their GM. They're not making those changes. They have their owner in place yeah. now. Um, learning how to win is real. It's what you have to do. You don't go from peg two to peg eight. You go to peg three, peg four. Um. It's important. So I'm with you. I was just, yeah. I thought it was interesting that when we redrafted the best teams in the league, just whiffed on their picks. I mean, the Knicks uh-huh. are awesome and they don't play. I'll be topping more than six minutes a night. Yeah. And, and that's kind of where I'm at too. Um, I'm going to laugh. The wolves play the uh, Pistons, their fourth to last game. When the wolves beat the Pistons and end up as the fourth worst odds or fourth best odds. And the Pistons end up third. And people complain about it. And then on, on lottery night, the Pistons fall down to six and the Wolves end up jumping up to three or two. I will laugh that that people wanted us to lose that game and end up being top three odds. It, I would just 
I promise you the top three pick, and you can mark this down, bookmark this, screen grab this, post this on Twitter, at Old Takes Exposed. The top three odds will not be the top three teams that pick. All three of the teams oh, no, with the but no, right. they won't be the top three not teams even, that pick. That's a great point, but it's not like a hot take because it just that never happens. You know what I mean? Right. Like Tankathon, shout out to our friends there. Like, it's such a great website. Just run the simulation once. Run I it ran once a 100 one, 100 days <laughs> one time. I seriously right, did just, it's right. in a spreadsheet. I think I tweeted I might have tweeted it. it out even. It's and, insane. And so, yeah. and so when you look at it now, like again, go to tankathon.com. Like Dane talked about this on his post-game pod last night. Like, no one's gonna catch the Rockets because they are firmly entrenched in their tank and they have, I, mean, I think they have a three and a half game lead on the magic and wolves. Right. They're not going to win. They're not even going to win three more games. Mm-hmm. Um, the magic are pretty tough too. Cause they've really boiled it down to the studs. Um, so it's kind of between Minnesota and Detroit now, but the Oklahoma city thing, I mean, Dane made a really good point. And the Oklahoma city thing is like, dude, they beat the Celtics in Boston. <laughs> like they play and they play the Kings three more times this season. You don't, you don't tell me they're not going to win one or two of those games. Well, and like you, like I think Dane said this or tweeted up like, t- like franchises may tank, but players, players don't. don't like um, the highlights of that thunder game were amazing. They had guys hitting shots. I didn't know, but they were taking heat check, step back threes at the garden. Like that's, that's pretty impressive. So they'll win a couple games. I think Cleveland will win enough games to kind yeah. of keep. So yeah, I think you're well, looking the Wolves at now, are three they- games worse than Cleveland. They're two and a half games worse than Oklahoma city. They'd have to win, you know, five games if if the in their last nine, they'd have to win five if OKC wins two. They'd have to win five games to pass them. And and maybe the Wolves do win five games. And if they do, if they win five games and lose four of the next nine and they end the season 13 and 10 with Cat and Delo, I'm cool with that. That's a 620 win percentage. I'm fine with that. And that's without Malik and it, Beasley. And especially too, over their next three games, again, recording this on Wednesday, they host the Warriors, they host the Pelicans, they host the Grizzlies. Those are all teams right now that aren't like bona fide playoff teams in the top six. Those are all teams that like are in must win. They, I mean, they are playoff teams in the play-in scenario, but they all like must want wins, to win yeah. games. And if they were to go two and one against those teams, I mean, the Grizzlies have had the Wolves number forever. Yeah, that would be pretty impressive. Um, they do have that stretch where it's you know back to back Orlando, Denver, or Detroit. Yeah. Um, they're but then it's Denver, Denver, Boston, Dallas, who are also going to be fighting for playoff positions. So. And we, everyone listening to this by now, knows what Chris Finch said before the game on Tuesday about how we're not going to like. He came out and was like, "We're not tanking," but he, if you listen to those quotes, he gave himself enough room. Enough room. Yep. A little, like, just a sliver of we not, might like, do something. I'm not sure Carl Anthony Towns is going to play in that last game again, or the second to last game against the Celtics. It's a Kyle Shanahan thing. I'm not sure we're going to be alive on Sunday. Yeah, exactly. So that's a great. Be. That's a great. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if they maybe punt on those last couple of games. Um, but yeah, I just I'm not worried about it because, like you said, they're not going to catch six or seven. Yeah. And we only focus on the Wolves part, but I mean. For the for months now, right? We've only been worried about do we get a top three pick or do we give Golden State four or five? In a in a draft right now, before you do all your hard work, like is known as kind of a five player draft, right? The big three and then the two G League guys, right? Um, but imagine if like Golden State gets the seventh pick or the eighth pick. We talked about in our redraft that like the that- sixth overall pick, seventh overall pick last year has done nothing. So. Yeah. 
I I just I would love to see them carry momentum. When's the last time the Minnesota Timberwolves carried momentum into the summer? Um, I mean, they made the Russell trade last year, and then the pandemic hit, and then COVID and Carl's mom and all the social justice. I mean, they it was they they haven't had a momentous summer probably since they put Jimmy Butler at Mall of America. So um, that that would be pretty cool. I think winning with the young guys is important. Um, but yeah, no, I'm I'm excited. They they, they have nine games left, right? They have nine games. Okay. So, and a while ago I told somebody, they asked how many wins I thought the wolves would have. And I think we were at 13 at the time. And there was only like, I don't know, 30 games left or something. I said, we'll have 22 wins at the end of the season. And now I'm thinking, you know, that's maybe kind of doable. You know, they don't, they're 19. They have some games that they could maybe steal, but yeah, I don't know. How how many, how many, how many games do you think they win? Like just quick, just give me a number nine games. Uh, left. You know, the schedule. I think they went four. I really think that okay. I was going to say three, win. but four is a good number, actually. I think that out of the Warriors, Pelicans, Grizzlies games, and Heat game, I feel like they're going to win two of them, and then beat the Magic and the Pistons, and then lose the last three games of the season. That's um, that's something good. like I, that. I, I basically have them losing two of the next three. Like I think the Pelicans come in motivated, and after you know getting stomped after the break, um, yeah. and then Memphis just if you're a betting man, Memphis just has the Wolves number. I just um, think that the John Wolves Moran have a. Back. I just think the Wolves have a good chance of beating the Warriors on or tomorrow night. I just the Warriors did not yep. look good against Dallas, and I mean the when Wolves the injury, are riding high. The injury report just came out while we were recording, and there's no one on there but Malik, who obviously right. probably is out for the season. So they're going to be home. They're going to be on a three-game winning streak, and they're healthy. So, uh, yeah, I, I think they could easily pull off the win against Golden State, which would be pretty funny. Um, I don't know if Carl has played Wiggins. They haven't. They right? haven't. Wiggins hasn't out. been back to Minnesota. Katz hasn't played Wiggins. D'Lo hasn't played Golden State since he left. Yo, um, they got to reschedule the NFL draft. This isn't cool. Yeah, I know. I know. Uh, but uh, hopefully it'll be halftime when the, the Vikings pick. But um, yeah, other than that, I don't think I have anything. I know you have to get going, get your fiance from the airport. Um, yeah, no, this was uh, this was fun. Like I said, I think we'll we'll probably maybe bring this up again as a fun thing to do for the you know next year around this right. time just to see like i always love i love going to basketball reference and looking at past draft classes i yeah. just think it's a really fun exercise um so this was there's tough. a lot of mistakes all over the board yeah a lot of mistakes every year um and i think and i think it's funny because as we would talk about we had Jaden like what seventh and eighth there's a yeah. lot of mistakes made in the draft and it is very early and we haven't even mentioned the initials jc for Jared Culver um and some of the mistakes that were made a year ago but I wore a Jared Culver jersey or a sweatshirt to the Timberwolves game that they won against oh the Bulls what, what what I think what we're taking away from this draft class from Minnesota and we haven't touched on Bull Merrill who shouldn't go in a redraft but had those highlights that went viral over the week um that that the Wolves did really well yeah like they did really well they have a good young the only core. team I think that might have done with multiple picks might have done better was was Detroit you know, getting Stewart Which is accurate, Bay. but they probably got, yeah, but they don't, but have they didn't get the talent. The they didn't get the yeah. talent that we got. They just got, yep. you know, they hit on two, possibly three draft picks. Um, but no, I, I think next year we can, we can probably look at this too. And then, then we'll look and see if the wolves were, did the right thing by taking Cade Cunningham one, uh, in the 2021 yep. NBA draft. But other than that, this was a lot of fun. I, I I liked how much similarity we actually had because I thought it was going to be a lot worse. I was really surprised at at how close, uh, generally speaking, these were. But thank you, Kyle, for doing this. I really do appreciate it. 
yeah, no, thanks, man. I know we're both really busy and we got busy lives, but uh, this was fun. And I'm glad I shocked you on my Patrick Williams knowledge because I don't yeah, think I, you thought he was coming. I so. didn't. I, I, thought, I so knew happy. you'd have him up there. <laughs> I didn't think you'd have him top four. Um, so that that surprised me. But anyways, yeah, again, thank you so much for doing this. It's, it's always a blast. I'm sure I'll be on soon. Um, yeah. The summer is going to be interesting. I'm going to be hitting the draft stuff as soon as the season's over because the draft lottery is in June and I want to do all my homework before then. So then I can be disappointed that I spent all the time to not have a draft pick. That's, um, that's the spirit. But we'll see how the Timberwolves end up in these last nine games. As of now, they play the Warriors tomorrow night, time of recording. Um, I'm excited for it. Um, other than that, I don't really have anything else. So thank you again, no, Cal, for coming. Yeah, on. I appreciate you. Everyone that doesn't, like I said, uh, believe in Timberwolves podcast. Uh, you're doing a lot of great work. Um, thank you. And as soon as the season wraps up, I mean, the content game never sleeps. So uh, you'll be on draft stuff. So as they always say in podcasts, you know, subscribe, rate, review, um, and it's we'll uh, we'll do this we'll do this again soon. So, all right, thank you, Kyle. And like Thanks. you said, subscribe, rate, uh, download podcast. I do appreciate that. Other than that, thank you so much for listening. And I will be back probably next Wednesday. That's my hope is to record every Wednesday. Other than that, thank you guys so much for listening and peace out. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.